Can we open the word of God from the book of Luke chapter 19, verse 11 to verse 15. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought, they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, certain noble men, can you say noble men, went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return, or to establish a kingdom and return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Say resources. Say occupy till I come. But the citizens of that world hated him. Say they hated him. And sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called into him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Father, we thank you and we bless and glorify your name as we minister this word and as we receive it. Thank you for your grace and anointing to stand and minister. Your anointing, mighty God, to speak as the oracles of God. Bless this great church, mighty God, that is spoken about throughout the whole world and in our lives. Father, bless the bishop, his family, the leadership, and the whole church. In Jesus' name, everybody say. Amen. Uh, there are three categories of the message that I'd like to sections that I want you to look at, and then I'm going to be walking around it. Number one, Jesus is, is telling a parable. Um, <clears throat> he's teaching about his kingdom. He was coming to Jerusalem. People were expecting that he was going to be setting up a Jewish kingdom. There are four points that I'm going to be dealing with. But there are sections there. The first one is when Jesus Christ talks about a nobleman who came to establish a kingdom, which almost is a parable that refers to him coming from heaven to establish his kingdom on earth. Then, the, then he gave some resources, number two, to the people to use these resources in order to advance the kingdom that he was establishing. But when he was doing that, we see that there was a backlash. These people that were around there where the kingdom is getting established hated him and almost hated the people who were almost doing the work of God. But the kingdom was established nevertheless in spite of all the opposition that was there. Hence, the topic is a topic that has come back to my life again, which I know that it has been in this platform, maybe for many years, occupy till I come. Tell somebody next to you, say, occupy till I come. <laughs> Jesus was, it was just before he entered that time of Jerusalem and people singing a, a song for him, Number one, a certain noble man went into a distant country to establish a kingdom for himself. We all know that the purpose of Jesus' coming was to establish his kingdom on earth. Unless the king has authority over his subjects, his kingship is in jeopardy. So Jesus Christ has got to gain authority over us. Unless we submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, we cannot establish his kingdom because his kingdom needs to be established under the authority that comes from him. Jesus must not only be our savior, but Jesus must also be our Lord. He must take precedence in our lives. Jesus must be our king. In other words, even coming to church, if it is about serving God, it must not be something that we do for convenience, but we do it because we are under lordship of Jesus Christ. There's a difference between becoming, being a convert or somebody who knows Jesus as a savior and somebody who knows Jesus as the Lord. 
Jesus is my savior, but I have progressed from that level. I've come to a level where Jesus is my Lord. Probably if Jesus was not my Lord, I wouldn't be here. There has been moments in my time early in the morning. Don't worry, maybe Bishop, it doesn't happen with the Bishop here. So it happens with me. One day I woke up early in the morning. Oh no, no, I didn't wake up early in the morning. So the prophetess woke up very early to prepare for church. Then I said to her, please go and preach today. Just want to sleep. Just want to rest. Maybe I'm going to wake up and drive in the south coast, look at the sea and get refreshed on Sunday. But you know, because of the lordship of Jesus, I had to pull my body, pull it into the church, come when everything says don't go. And guess what? As I sat down there, she asked me, do you want to preach? As worship began to arose from heaven, strength that comes from the authority of God came into my bones, came into my life, came into everything. Then there I was jumping again. So Jesus is not only my savior, he is also my Lord and ruler. Because saviors are not kings, but rulers are kings. And when there is rulership, you submit to the authority of the ruler. This one time, if I may be allowed to say this, I was invited to speak in a stadium to preach the word of God and uh, on Sunday morning, it was full of all the dignitaries and everybody. And I've never, been, I've never preached in the stadium. But I sensed in my heart as they invited me. There was this small church, the church that we are in, and a thousand that were there, and the media and everything, the coverage. But as I sank down into, into the inner chambers of my heart, there was a voice from the authority from above that you, you have to decide whether you listen to the voice of the people or you listen to my voice. I said to them, thank you so much. I won't be able to come there. And there I dragged myself into the first service of the church. Then they said to me, we know that you've got two services. Please, after the second service, you can come because we're still going to be okay. Then I told the members, I said, the members of the leadership, in the second service, I'm just going to, you know, just wrap it up, finish up, and then go straight to that place. But guess what? When the worship started, and we began to worship, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, took over in my life. My eyes, my mind were closed to whatever fame that was outside. Because I'm ruled by God. I want to tell you, I came to that place when they were closing. I was happy that I listened to my King of Kings. I listened to my ruler. I want to ask you and challenge you. Is Jesus only your savior? Or Jesus is also your king? When priorities are rising up, do you choose the best for yourself? Or you choose the best that God has designed for yourself? If God's man is that every Sunday, you must come to church and receive the word of God. Or maybe there's a conference like this. Well, how do you change when competition comes? So he says a ruler came. He came, a nobleman came to establish his kingdom. Jesus was announcing that I'm here to populate the earth with heaven. I'm here for a serious business. I'm not only here so that you can be cleansed of your sins and be happy, but there's a bigger purpose. There's something that needs to be established in this kingdom. So you can be excited that you are a believer. We have just accepted the kingdom of God. We have just accepted Jesus Christ. But I'm here to submit to you that it takes more than just being excited with being a member of a church or being saved. There is work to be done. Number two, Jesus invested resources. Can we say resources? To his servants to accomplish this great task. He invested resources. He gave them five minus. He gave one of them five. I mean, he gave all of them ten minus. The others ten, and the list goes down and down. A minor is equivalent to ten denarii, which is equivalent to a six-month wages. So it means that he gave them enough money to be able to establish this kingdom. So that, that's why when Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 came, he says, your kingdom come. Can you say your kingdom come? 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At one time he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto you. So when you talk about resources, we are not only talking about money. We are talking about intellectual genius that God has deposited among some of us. There are certain people God has designed them that there's so much of intellectuals. And I'm here to propagate that for this wonderful and powerful kingdom of God, we need that intellectual genius. Some God has blessed with skills. Some God has blessed with talents. Some God has blessed them with wisdom capital. Some of them, God, some of you, God has blessed you with competencies. Now, we may not establish the kingdom of God if only that we do is to do what I'm doing tonight, this morning. But we need your competence. We need your skill because all authority is needed. We need all resources in order to establish this kingdom of God. And I'm here also to say, when it comes to the kingdom of God, the budget of the church cannot match the budget of any business. If it can be done correctly. Whatever that we do today, we just cut down certain things. If we were to do the things correctly, in a correct manner, we were going to win more people in the kingdom of God. Because if we were to receive these resources, we'd be having passes and passing people all around. We'd be building churches and church buildings. If we were to do it in a correct and good manner, if anybody will cooperate with God, if you've got resources that God has given you, whether intellectual or financial, and you release it into the kingdom of God, imagine what would happen. Imagine the books that can be written. Because some of you can write books. By the time the bishop comes down, the books are already written. You are putting up there, you, they, they bring it back to him. He just scans it down because you've got that intellect. You've got that skill. That skill is not just for outside. When the kingdom of God kicks in, it occupies every sphere of life. So he says he gave them resources. Say we have resources. Say Jesus has given us resources. Say all authority in heaven. And on earth was given to us. God has given us global authority. Say, say global authority. Global finance. Global intellectual capacity. We are bigger than Gauteng. We are bigger than South Africa. We are bigger than Africa. There is something great that God has endowed upon our lives. There is a, when Jesus Christ came, he says, your kingdom come. Say it again, say your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The coming of Jesus Christ created a kissing together of the heavens and the earth. The heaven on earth, no kingdom can be established without resources. No kingdom. So this noble man was wise enough. To know that as, a min- as we minister the word of God, there's sister so and so, there's brother so and so, who's going to be saved? There's a man there, there's a businessman there, there's a lecturer there, there's a professor there, there's an MPA graduate there, there's somebody there. And if all these can begin to be leveraged for the kingdom of God, we are a giant that is unstoppable. Ephesians 3 verse 8 to 10 Ephesians 3 verse 8 to 10. Read it with me, after me. Oh, it's up there. Let's read it together because it's up there. One, two, three. Although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people. Say it after me. Say, although I'm less than the least of all God's people. This grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for the ages past has been kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, say through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the many-sided wisdom of God should be made known to the principalities and the, and the powers. Paul says, I'm the least of the, and the least 
of all the lost people. It's amazing that it comes again. Here is a great man of God, but when he looks at himself, he doesn't look at himself above what he should be. He always diminishes himself. I'm sure that this man was not necessarily the least. It seems like even the stature that some of these people were made out, they didn't look that good. You remember Elijah? He was a short man, bearded. He didn't have hair like myself. And the guys, when they saw him, and the Lord says, no, no, I was busy to tell Because some of us people, you know, sometimes they don't respect because sometimes you don't take that big seat that's supposed to take. We just walk amongst us. So that's what happened with Elijah. But and the folks came out and, you know, and the things began to happen and these people were, were died alive. Even Paul, his teacher, they say he was a short man. When you look at him, when you compare him with the things that he was writing. So when he writes here, he says, I'm less than the list of all the lost people. But he says, this grace, say this grace, has been given unto me. The grace of God has been given unto you. Faith changes things, you know they're saying. But faith changes things, but grace changes people. To preach to the Gentiles, the boundless. That word boundless means fathomless. Can you see fathomless? Mysterious. Say mysterious. Impenetrable. Enigmatic. Incalculable. Profound. Infinite. Unforeseen. Vast. Exhaustless. You can't finish it. God, when he calls the church, he calls it a secret. And I can see that God, as I look around the world, because I love the scripture so much, and the bishop knows that I don't end up wherever I am without speaking on this scripture. God says that this, there is a secret that has been hidden. A kept hidden. Hidden. The, 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 the church is a secret that God has hidden. But now it has begun to peep its head a little bit around. When you begin to see churches like Grace Bible Church taking the whole Orlando Stadium and sometimes you get to wonder, some people get to wonder, how did they pay for that? How did they do that? How did they do that? It's just the beginning of great things to come. No stadium is going to house the end time revival. Uh, let me say it again. No stadium is going to be able to begin to compare and take the revival because you are a hidden secret. Say to me, we are a hidden secret. So he says, we are preaching boundless, fathomless, mysterious, impenetrable, enigmatic. You can't calculate it. The calculator breaks from infinity to infinity. It's a, it's a wonderful concept, the infinity, the concept of infinity. When you draw the number line, there's, a, there's an arrow that goes to the left and an arrow that goes to the right. When it goes to the left, they always say, it depends where you are standing, uh, it goes to the left of my, <clears throat> the right of my, of my hand. When it goes to the, which is your right, they say it goes to positive infinity. The numbers become big and big and big and big. They become so big that uh, they, they, you can't see them with your naked eye. You may not be able to use it, but it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that they are not there. And they cannot be contained in any computer. And when you go to the left-hand side, they go smaller and smaller and smaller, but you can't see. There is an end that even the scientists cannot see. But when the end, the one who presides in eternity, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows where things have, where our mind fails us. God takes over. So I release and pray that your resources are going to be incalculable. I release an infinite promotion in the name of Jesus. The health that surpasses all understanding. I break every sickness and disease upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why it is unforeseen because sometimes people wonder, why are you there? I've been in places and people say, where was this church? They don't even know. That we've been around for some time. I heard some other people who were seated at church and they, they were talking. We were preparing for the church. I just came there afterwards and I sat at the back when the guys were preparing and making some things and the other guys come. Where is this church coming from? And this other guy says, I don't know. I think it's one of the, these new churches that are coming all around. It's unforeseen. It's vast. It's exhaustless. I want to say you are not going to be exhausted. I want to say, as you give and tithe, you are not going to be exhausted. 
I want to say as you supply the kingdom of God, now there will be no exhaustion in Jesus' name. We are tired to kasha. Kate si kasha. Unkolele baba ustumo angisho wena personally, I know he's late, but sasubuga la pani move ustume kashile. Kate si ustumo as a church. But today, we are taking over. We are, we are sick and tired to hire sound, to hire buildings, to hire cars, and everything, and musicians. Time is up. There is a connection between the heavens, the church, and the earth. I foresee a demonstration. Of course, government never experienced before in the history of the church. I foresee a demonstration of resources. If you see, in this, if you can put up that up, you know, we are such unique people. There is an intersection of that. The one that has got some circles there. Let me go down to that. There is a church. Say church. The earth. And the heaven. Isn't that amazing? That we are in between the two. We are not yet there. We are here. But we are not fully also here. That's why when we talk to God now, through Jesus Christ, we don't say, Our Father! We can shout if we like to, but we say, Our Father. He is our Father. We are in the family. He says we are seated in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. We are here, but we are in heaven. Even the language that we have has begun to change. We are speaking the language that is not on earth. There is no Zulu there. But all of a sudden, I speak Swana, I speak Zulu, but all of a sudden, they wonder who is this? It's a secret weapon. And God raised us up in Ephesians 2, verse 6. With Christ, we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ. When we cast the demonic powers, we don't speak to the devil from a, pos- a position that is below, we speak from above. We speak of from authority. I foresee a demonstration. Say a demonstration. Of God's government on earth. Then Isaiah says, Isaiah 9 verse 6 to 7. I want to speak about that again. Say it after me. For unto us a child is born and a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. You remember that the shoulders are in the body. And the body is the church. The world is going to come little by little back to the church. God has already started to see this thing. God has begun to, to open doors for the church. God has begun to give authority to the church. God has begun to keep, make the church to be able to shape things. It is not our authority. It is his authority. For those who are going to be viewing television, it will be a Sunday morning. Uh, on the week, I think of the 14th, the second, the second Sunday, uh, of, 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 of October, the president is going to be in our, in, our, in our small town again. He's going to be releasing the land back to the Mkwanazi clan. You know where it started? started in the church. When the church spoke, he said, I'm going to do that. And it never stopped from the day, from the, from the Easter convention. And this time is going to be happening there. God is raising up his mountain. God is raising up authority. God is raising up power. There is power that is within you. But we are appearing right now. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Say this after me. And he will be called wonderful. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting father. Hey, I like that. The concept of a father was not there in the Old Testament. No, 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 it was not there. So I must, must thank God. Testament. The Mount Zion. No, 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 no. In Mount Zion, it was terrible. One other guy, they said, Moses, we also want to go there. What Moses, okay, come, guys. And when he was on the mountain, was But Moses, please. <laughs> there are certain things that you are not ordained to get into them. 
But even if we are not ordained to get into them, those that God has ordained are able to bring them unto us. And when they come to us, they come in a manifold power. They come multiplied. There is an anointing of multiplication upon this church. There is a multiplication anointing upon your business, upon your career, upon your life, upon your neighborhood. There is a protection of God around you. Everlasting Father. It was only Jesus who said, when you pray, say, Our Father. Sibongika When they saw Jesus praying, they said, no, this is not how we are taught to pray. They saw intimacy. They saw relationships. They saw a conversation. You know, after they prayed, our father of Isaac and Jacob, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, here we are. After they finished sweating, they looked at, the, at Jesus speaking to the Father, smiling, talking, pouring his heart. Maybe sometimes keeping quiet, he said, hmm. And not speaking in a, in, a, in a spiritual jargon, talking to him, you know, Dad, you know my Father. You know, when I was just coming to the church, these are the things that happened. Maybe if it was in these days when he was driving, they would have heard him saying, Father, I, 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 just, I just need a parking lot. A parking lot. And they start praying. They said, hey, teach us. Teach us how to pray. Then he says, guys, you've been messing up. You've been talking about the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is your father now. You can also say, Abba, Father. And the prayer changed from Calvary. He is your father. Say, he is my father. Then the Prince of Peace. May the peace of God permeate your, permeate your home. May the peace of God permeate your relationship. May your family experience the relationship of heaven. May God release his, his peace in your church. In the name of Jesus. Of the greatness of his government and peace over his kingdom establishing upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The seal of the Lord will accomplish this. The other version says, of his kingdom there shall be no end. It continues. It doesn't end. Have you ever thought about where do these pastors get sermons? Where do these pastors get preaching every time? Sometimes I was, you know, when I was at home, I slept and I sat down. And I said, Lord, I've been doing this thing same again and again for 24 years. It's not just one, 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 one preaching every time, every Sunday, sometimes week after week. God keep on pouring. The pouring in preaching is supposed also to touch every life, every part of your life. There must be pouring in your relationship. Your relationship as a husband and wife must keep on mellowing and becoming better. Your relationship with your fellow brothers and sisters because his kingdom has no end. The church came for, he says, they came unto us, the son is born. The son was born, but the church came from heaven, he was given. The child was born, but the son came from heaven. That's why whilst he was still a son, God never said much. He was still a child. Do you remember? God sent angels. He never announced Jesus, the child. Because you cannot manifest children. Because they are moody. They haven't learned their lessons. He sent angels to speak about him. But on that day, after submitting to that man in the desert... Whose even way he was dressed, he looked like Mdoshanya. He said, I'm the voice in the wilderness. And all of a sudden, that man was in the wilderness. Can you imagine? John the Baptist never wanted to, to compromise himself and go to a convenient place. He went to the place there. He said, Everyone who needs this anointing must come. Imagine God going to the mountain, go 
going to the wilderness. As we submit, and then this man said, No, no, no. I can see somebody in the queue here. You're not supposed to stand here because we are the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And then he said, It must be done in order to fulfill righteousness. God said, Yes. He's no longer a child, he's a son now. Because sonship comes also through submission. And then he said, I can speak. Then he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. There is a level in your life where you speak, but God has not necessarily released you fully. Eternity is not a span of time. It is not somewhere you go. It is no past, no future. But eternity, that Jesus Christ is now. Faith is now. We experience eternity. It, it can't happen that people can stay from the morning just listening to the word of God. Where do you get that energy? Where do you get that power? Where do you get that enthusiasm? Where do you get that passion? It doesn't come from time. It comes from eternity. There is no end in eternity because eternity is here. There is no eternity. Is- God is here. God is right there. Next to you. God is right there. The grace of God is there. God is right here. God is with you here. In Daniel 2 verse 44, the Bible reads, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. And this is the time. That will never be destroyed. The church will never be destroyed. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Instead, the Bible said, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will self-ensure forever. Then in one time he said, I saw a stone being cut from heaven and it crushed the systems of the world and it began to increase smaller and smaller. I see a church increasing from Pimville into the schools, into, into rented homes, buying buildings, certain, certain things. It's a stone that is increasing. We are in varsities. We are in every place. The church is in the tents. The stone is increasing because this is a season and time. To establish the kingdom of God. Number three, Jesus warned and charged that the church must occupy till he comes. Use those resources. The term occupy is a military term. You can't just occupy without sometimes upsetting somebody. But it's not necessary to upset somebody. It's almost to prepare something for someone. Anyone that is called to occupy as a military term, it means it's going to be war. There is warfare term, meaning to place under authority by force to occupy, by force. That's why we need intercession. We need prayers. We need people to be baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need young people to be filled with power. We need, when we pray, can we pray in tongues, everybody, right now for a minute? Everybody, tongues. Let's pray in the Spirit. Everybody, young and old, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Use, use that weapon, use that weapon, use that weapon. Oh, Jesus. We break any wall. We break any limitation. We break any attitude. We break any forcing power in Jesus now. In Jesus right now. There is water coming down from heaven as we pray. There is a river that is flowing tonight. This morning. Give the Lord a big shout and a hand clap. Hallelujah. Give him a shout. Give him a shout. 
There are things that we have that we must never leave because they make us different. Because they trigger the anointing. They trigger the power of God and things begin to happen without you knowing. You're going to wonder after this conference why all of a sudden you are called for that deal that has been staying stale in that room and that place. Because the anointing breaks barriers. The anointing releases the power of God. Give the Lord a hand, level praise. Occupy till I come. You never love people who occupy. If you belong to another kingdom. Because it's like they are bossing you. So that's why you talk about them. Hey, you have a one love about you. You know, if you see occupation, that becomes to be hatred. But let me tell you something. We need to occupy because we are a finishing generation. Say we are a finishing generation. There has never been favor in the church like it has today. Just leave aside the problems and the issues and the hochos and every other thing. There is, there is an army rising up. There is a generation rising up. There is an Elijah generation. There is an Elisha anointing. There is an anointing that is going to shift the atmosphere. There is a generation. That generation is here. That generation is you. That generation is you. We are part of that generation. I'm here to say, church, this is time for war. We are a finishing generation. Where do you get this, pastor? Hebrews 11, if you can come quickly to, with me. Look at this. Let me start from which verse? When he was talking about the heroes, verse 13, all this died in faith without receiving a promise. But we are receiving promises. Having seen and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiled on earth. There are some people who never experienced this, who never experienced even a courtless mic. If you search in the history and check the church that Paul was leading, it's not like this. They never stood in something like this. It was just small groups of people that were standing there in Rome. In fact, they were called the cult. Opposed by everybody. But they were looking for the promises that were about to enter in. They looked for the promise. Then the Bible says, they died in faith without receiving the promise. There need to come a generation that says, we are going to do this no matter what it takes. There must come a generation that is going to say, we are in this one. Whether it rains or whatever it comes, we are in this one. Because we are called to occupy till it comes. Then he says, for those who say such things, make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. We are in that country. They were seeking for a city. A city that is their own. Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible going to say, I think verse 21 or so, the Bible says, no, 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 we have come to that mountain. We have come to a city. This is a city. Before the Holy Spirit came, Jesus said, I'm going there to prepare for you a mansion. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I know there's a mansion somewhere there, but Jesus Christ, in the other level of interpreting this, he was saying that I'm going to prepare the Oikos group, the connections, the home, the brothers and sisters, the churches that stand together. And now we've got cells in the church. It's just a small group. It's just a church because you are the outgo. We are the household of God. There's a house. There's a house. There's a house. And when grace meets a city, and when the church globally meets, we see a global city. He says, we have come to the multitude of angels. To the, to the spirit of the just made perfect. We have come to the blood of Jesus Christ. To the sprinkling. You are no longer in Mount Sinai, but you are in Mount Zion. Hello, Zion. Hello, Zion. Hello, Zion. We are in Mount Zion. We are closer to God. We can see him here. We are not there, but he's here. And when we die, it doesn't take us long. It's just the cutting on of this faith. And then we are there. Heaven is no longer far. Jesus Christ brought it together. As we are speaking right now, heaven is here with us. Give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Say we must occupy. 
till Jesus Christ come. Say, I must occupy till he comes. It's a military, military term. You've got to dispossess. destroy. We are going to change the environment. When God gives you a space, please take that position. Mark to when you see, oh, look at Mina, Mina, oh, Pogatelana, Utaninga, Eganda, so Take your position. Because if you are blessed by God, your predecessors are going to be more blessed. The Lord is going to lift them up because you are praying for them, because you are revealing the purpose of God on earth. You have to exercise governmental authority in your territory. Say we must exercise governmental authority in our territory. Erskawini Township was marred by political violence. And when I started preaching the minister in the church, we ministered to a number of people who were involved in fighting and also, you know, who were involved in political violence. Without putting Bishop Sona in the spotlight, one of the guys, when we had a tent in the, in the school there, one of the guys who got saved, he came to the meeting where the bishop was ministering, and then he left and went back angry at what he was hearing because he was one of the soldiers. But the Spirit of God had touched him. And then he came back with all his guns and AK-47, which were to be brought back there. And he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Gave his life to Jesus. Today, he is a businessman. He loves God. There's a power of a church. Exercise governmental authority. But now, there were a lot of guns and fighting and stuff like that. And then one, we used to have all night prayers. One Friday, we decided that on Friday night in the middle of the night, we are going to station a small township. We are going to station ourselves in different places and drive with those few cars that we had at the time and began to pray. And we placed ourselves around. I want to tell you, I also had a problem because where I was going, it was next to people that I know. They were still shooting in the middle of the night. At one time, let me confess to you, at one time, whilst I was just walking there praying, and then when I entered the home, the home of the believers who were the one of the homes who were still young, and we entered, they opened the house. Said, I was more enthusiastic. You must be wise. And that night in the history of Eskawini is a night where political violence dropped. Let me tell you something, church. This thing of drugs and all the other thing, there are people who carry the solution. There are people who have been given authority. There are people when they surround this city and surround this township with prayer and actions that are prophetic, things are going to change in our township. Church, where is your authority? Let us govern our townships. Let us govern our villages with prayer, the word of God, and all the resources that God has given unto us. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven has, has been forcefully advancing and violent people take it by force. We are not going to be sorry in Moses, yeah? we're not going to be sissies. It's not about gender, eh? We're not gonna. We're not also gonna be taken with our our might and power. We're not gonna be taking that not by might but power, but by the spirit of the Almighty God. God, the kingdom of God suffered violence. We have two worlds on the planet: the planet Earth. Two worlds are the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. 
Colossians 1 verse 13, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. We live in the light. Even at night, no harm shall befall you. With long days, it shall satisfy you. There'll be no premature death with prophesying speak. Because you walk in the light of God, you shall fulfill the purpose of God. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the Bible says, The God of this age has blinded their minds of the unbelievers, so that they may not see the light of the gospel. Darkness is a ruler, and he is opposing us. Satan, the prince of darkness, he rules by ignorance, and God rules by knowledge. In any area of ignorance in your life, Satan rules you. That's why if you get knowledge in the church, you won't be taken for granted by anything that rises and shows itself like a church. It can only rule you if you are in ignorance. Where you are ignorant, Satan has control. Once you know, he loses power. Now you know that you are saved. Now you know that you have power. Now you know that nothing can defeat you. You must occupy. Then lastly, Jesus said there would be opposition. Said there would be opposition. Luke 19 verse 14, the citizens of that country detested, detested him. People hate authority. John 15 verse 18 to 19, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. There is a message that our churches today and believers do not know. They, never, they don't know that even in the church history, church has never been the, the friend to the world. People say, I love the church. I want to go there. Once they hear the message, they hear the word. The kingdom of darkness begins to distort the message. But I want to tell you, we are going to continue and advance. If you look into the world today with a natural eye, the picture is different. But I want to tell you, God has placed you right here. Do not be afraid if you are hated. Let me tell you something. Some of the churches like this church, I know, we are no longer, we, are not, we have never been men's pleasers and we are not going to please any man. We are here to please God. We are not here to be attractionist churches. We are not here to make an impression. We are here to take over by the kingdom of God. We are here to occupy the territory. Any power of darkness is defeated. Any spirit of wickedness is defeated. But the church of God is rising in power. To one time I thought people might laugh. You know, we do things and projects in the community where we are. We've done projects more than 50,000. We have done even more. You think that, you know, people, there was a time people say, we, there's a chair that we love. It's caring for the people. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is Christ. The most important is the grace and anointing of God. And the caring comes as an outflow of the life of God. And you begin to feel the love of God. If you want to feel the love of God, you have decided you're going to feel it. If you don't want to feel it, you'll never feel it. God's kingdom is hidden under trials. It is hidden under sufferings. Omnipotence under weakness. Its glory is, is in unrecognizability. Let me re repeat it. God's kingdom is hidden under trials, sufferings. Its omnipotence is hidden under weaknesses. Its glory in unrecognizability. Today we see one day, as I draw to the closer, John in Patmos. You know the story of John that he was persecuted. Very, there are many stories around how what happened. There's history, so some say that he was even dipped into a pot that was boiling and taken out thinking that he's done, he's dead. And they take him and they put him in the island of Patmos. My own version says probably he couldn't see that time because he was so mad. But when he came out of that, he never denied his Jesus. He never left his purpose. That's why church, whether you lose things in your family, whether things go down in your family, never lose, never leave Christ. Because I want to tell you, restoration is going to take place sooner than you think. Never give up because somebody spoke bad of you or somebody said something, it touched you in a wrong way. I want to tell you, stick there. I can see this man in loneliness in Patmos. He could not even see. He writes letters and then while he was there, he began to see what in Bonamazulefulegi. 
Sometimes it is in trouble that you see the heavens opened. The best times in my life was when I was down because it's time that I've had time not to care about anything but to care between my relationship and God. There is grace in troubles. There is grace in isolation. When people isolate you, when people doesn't support your thing, there is grace that comes with that. There is grace that comes with that. There is grace that comes with that. Don't stop coming to church. Now John in Patmos, There's glory in your, in your troubles. That is coming. He even says, the, glo- the sufferings that you're experiencing now are, worth, are not worth comparing to the glory. That is going to be revealed on the other side. Let me tell you something. Most of the churches that are making a great impact, they've been through tough times. Through tough things, things like when I was at church one time, small as it was, just finishing standing like this in the church next to the road, small church that now has got several churches. The, heart, the car that just come this side and devil show and show that I can see it. It took a child coming from a church. After I took a child long there, and the child just died instantly. And the child was not even a child of a member of the church. He had been taken by one family member who had been inviting that family. I'm standing on the pulpit. I couldn't move. I stayed there. The question is, where are all the scriptures of divine protection? Where is everything about his, like, just like mountain surrounds Jerusalem, he surrounds you. Where is divine protection? One man stood one, one mama stood up when we were praying and he sang a song. I like in Africa. We sing a song. He said, No, ma, kunje, jen, 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 No, ma, kunje, na, Tim, can you turn me? No, no, ma, kunje, jen, jen, jen. No ma kunchena the last phrase keep standing in Revelation 11 the verses before there was a voice from heaven that says John come up here come here come here the kingdom of our of our of this world has become the kingdoms of our God. Of his Christ and his reign, he will reign forever and ever. This is not going to stop. This is not going to be stopped by any man, by any trouble, by any wickedness. 
you are unstoppable no sickness can stop you no no newspaper can stop you no television can stop you no stories can stop you Paul said second Corinthians 14 verse 18 we do not look at the things which are seen but we look at the things which are not seen for what is seen is temporary this situation is just for today but the word of God stands forever no no We are on the news line. Newspapers are trending. We are pulpit. one time I do a great revival people joined me because I was starting a church in the south coast and when I finished closing it starts thinking that I'm starting a church every one of the people that I've been working on they said we are not part of your church we are not going to be part of the church But the church today, after about 14 years, seven churches have been started by the church. No! the story because stories help us short one the previous week one of our members was shot dead Enanda who owns Texas in Deben one of the members was shot dead on Friday not too far from the church in Richards Bay when I was there the members of her husband died close range the head was just blown up when I was driving to Deben to bury one of the guys because others I couldn't bury I had to be helped by his pastors when I come the coffin is here they phone me Fundi Salam one of the leaders who lead our church in Deben we are here on M4 the guy who leads the men's ministry in Deben close to me I talk to him every night guy that I've been talking to yesterday dead on the M4 I took it in color his name is
I remember Mbundese when we went through that big challenge at Kaya, that site. The church that was taken away from you. Kana, what area was that? Mtubatuba. Abo Apostle Colin Lomo had a church running in a building there. And the people who led that church decided to take the church away to influence the people from whom the venue was rented that they mustn't rent it to them anymore. Took away the sound system, took away everything. I remember going there with him. You remember? Apostle, there was only a crate that was left there. I never forget that day. Sathalaguyo le crate sakala. we cried. Yeah. Please listen carefully. We've received a serious message this, this morning, this afternoon. When we talk about occupying, the enemy is not going to be nice to you. And when you see us being splashed on newspapers, trending on social media, television, all kinds of things, it's because what the church is doing is beginning to affect the kingdom of darkness. Now, listen to this carefully. I think for too long, Christians in churches like ours, we've only looked at the nice side of the gospel. And we've sort of assumed that if God is in it, it will always be nice and will be smiling. But what we're talking about is a power encounter. When you have a power encounter, power encounters is one power must overcome the other power. And the other power is not, not going to just yield without fighting back. And if we're going to occupy it till he comes, as Jesus told us, we're going to have to stop being... We have to stop being... Sisirach, as you said. That when a small onion thing comes, then we complain, we give up. We're going to have to fight for what we believe. I don't know if you saw this case on, 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 on News 24 about the... It wasn't News 24, it was copied to me, the church in Canada. Because of some laws that have been passed, the church had to finally stand up. Because all around the world, the church has been squeezed again and again and again for us to conform to things. But you see, I'm realizing, as you're saying, in these days we're in, it is through that squeezing, through that turmoil, that the real church is going to really reemerge. And, and we have to make up our minds, Basalo Anahore. We are going to live with, for this gospel. And we're going to live for God and do the work of God no matter what. It's going to be one kingdom against the other. But the kingdom of God will always prevail. And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. We have to get to this level of people where we go to church, we support the programs, we listen to the word, we do what God has told us. We're not sensitive people. We don't care about comfort anymore. Because the world out there gives everything for their agenda. And we have to give everything for our agenda. If they say, you're taking leave at work, what for? You say, I'm going to church. Doesn't matter. I am going to the conference because I want to be changed by God. Oh, you're taking all your money and giving it to that church. Of course I am doing that. Because I've got another agenda. I think this message this, this morning, this afternoon, Bishop, uh, <laughs> Apostle, is <laughs> really going into my, it's a serious message. Please, I'm going to listen to what has been taught because everything is building up, laying on each other, one line upon another, what God is saying. I believe we should close by making a commitment this afternoon. Would you join hands with somebody next to you? Thank you, Lord. The church is at its greatest in times of persecution. The church grew more in times of trial. And what God is doing is seriously beginning to disturb certain levels of the heavenlies. Satan is not going to sit back and smile. But we have to decide before the facts, before the day comes, that no matter what comes my way, I'm not going to move. 
Father, we thank you for the message today. For having used your servant, Apostle Lom, to bring a serious prophetic word to us. We know that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. And as those that you have told and commanded to occupy till you come, we stand in between. We are in this world, but not of this world. We are on this world doing the work of God, fulfilling the agenda of your kingdom. And we will not back down. We will not compromise. We will not apologize. No matter what happens, whether death, threats, robbery, evil, bad press coverage, things being said about us, we will still preach that gospel. We will still be committed to your cause. Whether we are taken to court, scandalized, we will preach this gospel. We will not back down on what your word says. We will stand for it. And we will preach it with everything. Inject that kind of heart and spirit that the early church heard. That people like Stephen had. That even when he was stoned, he refused to back down. For your kingdom is above all other kingdoms. And you are Lord of our lives. And we will bow to you and no one else. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Give the Lord a big hand of praise, somebody. Our apostle, thank you so much, sir.